When we share our stories with one another, we inspire each other. We help each other to grow. We also help one another to feel less alone. I'm Amanda Solar. I'm the host of Soulful Connections, and I'm the founder of SoulfulLiving.com. Join me and let's connect. Connection. The following podcast contains some references to violent acts. Some of you may find that disturbing. Additionally, we sometimes use colorful language that isn't appropriate for little ears. With that being said, this podcast also contains a powerful story of resilience and survival. I am filled with admiration for what my special guest, Ellie Ferriello, has endured and overcome. She continues to defy the odds and thrive despite the many obstacles that are thrown her way. Okay, so I have invited Ellie Ferriolo today. And the reason I've invited Ellie to come on is because Ellie has lived a life that is both beautiful and challenging. And Ellie, you approach your life with authenticity, joy, humor, fun, courage, honesty, and you're just a really loving person. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) So thank you for being here, actually. Mm -hmm. So to start off, can we kind of like begin at the beginning? Can you tell me, Ellie, like, where did you grow up? Can you share a little bit about what your childhood was like? Sure. Um, Well, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, my family decided to move to Philadelphia. I think I was around five, four or five years old. I'm not, I can't remember exactly. So I was raised in Philadelphia. I lived my life, my whole life there um, um, since I arrived in Philly. And um, my childhood, a crazy childhood. Um, First, I want to start with a little funny story. Um, When I was born, uh, my mom told my father that he was going to call, she was going to call me Elizabeth. And my father did not like that name. He hated that name. So he started calling me Eileen. And my whole family calls me Eileen. And that name is nowhere in my birth certificate. It's just Elizabeth and my last name. So my whole family... Even to this day, they call me Eileen. That is but every, crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. <laughs> but everybody else calls me. <laughs> all my friends now call me Ellie. I go by Ellie, which is E-L-L-E-E. <laughs> yes. A lot of people spell it with an I-E. I spell it with E-E. Anyhow, so I, um, my childhood, my father was not a very nice man. He was very abusive from the from day one. I think since he met my mom back in the days, he was on drugs. Mm. And I get I think she became pregnant of me. And at the time, I guess they made him get married because she was pregnant of me. So 
as far as I could remember, um, my father used to beat my mom constantly. Mm -hmm. And especially being on drugs and everything we were on, he would sell for drugs. Uh, one wow. time they one time they bought me a, a bicycle. I was so happy um, that I never received a bike or anything big in that um, met, met um, in that. Sorry. No, I know that, what you mean. Yeah, like that caliber. Yes, in that caliber. I'm sorry. So That's okay. I, 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 um, my brain is not processing what I'm trying to say. Right. Well, um, you know, let's just interject that Ellie has MS too, and that impacts that, right, Ellie? Yes. Sometimes I will stutter, mm -hmm. um, and sometimes I will like search for word and I, I know it's there but I can't process it to come out my mouth and sometimes right. I will pronounce it wrong because I can't it doesn't come out right yeah it's, it's weird anyhow so my father that they, they bought me a bike and I I think I only rode it once when he took it and he sold it for drugs I was so upset I was like man the one thing they got me there was a big gift and he took it and he sold it for drugs oh it was horrible do you remember how old you were I think I must have been my early teens I might have mm. been I might have been like 13 mm -hmm. you know and yeah. I think it was the first time I ever had a bike you know wow. so I was I was so happy and then I say about maybe a week or two weeks later he sold it I was wow. so upset I cried <laughs> I said how can he I was so mad at my mom millions of times. As I got older, I wanted her to leave him. And she did. She she was an abused woman. And as many abused women would go back to their abusers. And that and my mom was no different. She would leave him several times. And she would always come back. My father always sweet talk her back. And then he would be okay for a little bit. But then he goes right back his old tricks um you know it, i mean he was he was such an angry person my father would do he he like he had a green thumb like he would have beautiful plants and he always had a fish tank and i can remember this one time he got so angry and got into a big argument with my mom he was beating my mom and then he comes downstairs and he takes a potted plant and he he um, dunks it into the fish tank, kills all the fishes. He was a horrible man, you know what I mean? It was just, and you know, he died when he was 63. And, and that was like, my mom was 66 when she passed. So when he passed, I didn't even shed a tear for him. So um, we had a little bit of technical difficulties, but we are back. And Ellie, um, you were saying your dad died at the young age of 63. Yes. And, you know, I'm curious, how did your mother handle that? Was she? Well, my, no, well, my mom and dad were divorced. Okay. Um, my mom actually remarried to this wonderful man who loved her and took care of her to the end of her, her time. So yeah, they, they've been divorced for many, many years. So oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. She finally left them after many, many years. You know, I think after 23 years, she left them, you know? Wow. 
Yeah. Wow. I know. Yeah, she that's she dealt with all that for 23 years. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were young and like living through that violence and probably you experienced, I would imagine a lot of fear yourself. You know, um, it's weird because I probably did uh, at that young age was scared. Uh, what kid wouldn't be scared, you know? Right. And, uh, and not only my mom, he would beat us too, the kids, you know? Um, but, you know, back then it was discipline, but I think yeah. he took over board, you know, he would beat us, he would beat us belt. So whatever he had in his hand, he would beat us, you know, but it was like overboard beating us, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah, I actually was watching a movie. I went to the theater to watch a movie and there was a scene where the father was an alcoholic and he beat his daughter so bad. I started crying because it kind of brought me back to that, you know, memory when I was a child. Like PTSD, really. I mean, that's trauma. That is major yeah. trauma. Yeah. So how do you think that you didn't resort to hopelessness. So when you were living in that environment, did you think one day I'm going to get out of here? Did you think, well, yeah. you know, I'm hopeless. Like, what did you, what were you thinking? You know, it's, it's crazy because I got married young. I got married 18 years so old, right after high school. And I think if I didn't, if I didn't have that craziness growing up, I think I would would have been married later in life, not that young. Um, I did have my son at 21, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So, but I, I swore to myself that I would never let a man hit me ever. If a man ever puts his hands on me, that's it. I'm not, I'm not turning back. I don't care how much he uh, says he loves me, that he would change. I would never, and thank God I never experienced that. Never in any of my relationship, I, experienced a man hitting me or attempted to hit me well you know I don't know if you remember um I I was dating this Argentinian guy mm -hmm. I was dating this Argentinian guy I was with him for three years and I think at the very end of the relationship I was like kicking him out I don't want him in my life and he raised his hand like he was gonna punch me and I just stood there and looked at him and said you better knock me out because if you don't knock me out, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab something, kick your ass with it. <laughs> like I swear to God, I told him he he stopped at the mid midway. Like he he like oh he put his hand down. You know, I'm like yeah. You he like me. saw that yeah, you were not playing. No, I didn't even flinch at all. I just stood there. I said I was actually leaning on a, a dining room chair. Uh, I was leaning on that. And when he did, I was stuck. And I didn't even flinch. I was like, go ahead, hit me. You better knock me out. Because if you don't, I told him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I never, never experienced any violence. Because I wasn't going to tolerate it. You know, I wasn't going right. to let that be my life. Because I know what that life is. You know, yeah. and, but it's crazy. You know, uh, as siblings do, they fight. Me and my sisters and my and one brother, we all fought, you know. And um, well, my sister, God bless her, because that's that's the one that passed away. She was a mm -hmm. year younger than me, and she used to kick my butt when we were young. Uh, and she was 
she was skinny. And like I said, she was, we call her flaca, which means skinny. She's so skinny, but she used to kick my butt. She had, she was the rough one in the family. Like she will okay. hold no, she didn't hold, she had, she hold no shit from nobody. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. So one time we were fighting and because I had long hair, long straight hair, she used to wrap my hair and she used to have uh, short hair. She used to wrap my hair around her hand and whoop me around like in circles. And one time she let me go and I crashed into the refrigerator. Oh <laughs> it's like a cartoon. You know how they go. Ear. Yes. Yes. I will always remember that. And we always laugh with that. We laugh about that now. You know, I'm like my other sister, they'll bring that up. Oh, remember when Flocka used to kick up? I'm like, yeah, because I wasn't a fighter. I was never a fighter. I was more of a calmer you know, like I want to live my life more calm than Kaya. Uh, uh, um, I'm sorry, I can't say the word. Uh, crazy, more right. Crazy. You don't want to be in that chaos. You don't want. Yes, to, yeah. you. that's the word I was looking for. Was it yes. the word? Yes, yes, chaos. Yeah. I don't want to live in that word of chaos. Yes. Yeah, I, I want to live my life calmer and, and I would like to talk things out instead of fighting. And, you know, I mean, I mean, everybody fights verbally, you know, but I didn't want the um, physical part of it. You know, that's that's really actually a testament to your strength, honestly, that you were able to kind of come out of that. With not seeking that, not repeating yeah. it, not right. repeating that cycle, because so many people do. Yeah. And, and you know, what's funny, <laughs> my brother, just thinking about it now, my brother is, he's taller than me. Well, now he is as taller than me and um, only five, I'm only five, three. So my brother must've been like five, 11, close to six feet, maybe. But um, one time I remember, and I think I was in my late teens uh, or maybe mid teens. I don't remember. <laughs> I remember me and him got into an argument. He got me so mad that I jumped on his back and I started punching his back that he fell to the ground and I jumped off and like, holy shit, what did I just do? And I ran to the bathroom and locked the door. He's like, come out here. I'm like, no, I never done that. Like I never like, like, you know what I mean? Like Yes, that was like yes, your one I incident. Did. I've never reacted in that sense. Like me and my sister, we will fight, you know, physically because, you know, again, I grew up in that environment, you know. Yeah. But uh, but my brother, me and my brother never, ever got into physical. I don't know what it was he did or what he told me. Or what. I just jumped on his back and and I just like, oh, it's just oh. like I blanked out for that second. I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah and our siblings can really they know how to get under our skin like oh that's God. just yeah but I think that's the, the extent that I've done to like a male like I, mm -hmm. you know I, I would never I would never get to that point that I want to strike someone you know even in, in my adulthood I, I even now like I would never jump into that conclusion that I want to beat somebody up you know yes that's interesting. And then Ellie, were both of your parents from Puerto Rico originally? Or yes. Were, okay. So no, they yeah. were. Yeah, yeah. Both Puerto Rico and then they moved to New York. Yeah. Got it. 
And then I think they met in New York though, my parents. Okay. Yeah. They met here. No, so, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, they're both Puerto Rico and uh, they met in New York. Yes. Yes. What role did being Puerto Rican have in your life? Like, do you remember when you were growing up? Um, my mom always spoke Spanish in the house, always, okay. never English. Her English was kind of like, you know, the typical broken English, you know, she, mm -hmm. understand, she understood it, but she, you could tell she had an accent because she, all she do, did was talk Spanish. Now my father, all he did is spoke English. He never okay. spoke Spanish in the house. So I think that's why we know both Spanish and yes. English. You know what I mean? I don't know how to read or write it. I just know how right. to speak it. And when I speak it, I speak it broken. <laughs> you know, I'm not right, a right. Spanish person, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a lot of Puerto Ricans because first of all, it is a commonwealth. So there's a lot of back and forth. Yes. You know? So and a lot I do... of them come from New York too, Puerto Ricans. Yes. They come from New York, you know? So that's, that's why, yeah. I, I want to tell you a story about my mom. My mom had okay. a rough childhood. Uh, she, when she was a teenager, not even a teacher, she said she must have been like 11 or 12 years old. She was walking down the street in New York and she was with her friend. Uh, I don't know if they came out from church or what it was. They were coming from someone walking home and a gang of black attacked them. Okay, they were, they, they started um, jumping on them. Her friend ran and they started, jumping on my mom, pulling her hair, beating her. And a group of Italian gang came and saved my mom. They beat, they beat the black gang and they became my mom's guardian. So whenever she had to take the subway, they were always there for her. You know what I mean? Like they were there. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I married an Italian guy. <laughs> <laughs> so you just can, you continued the tradition. And how did you and Mike meet? We actually met, Mike is older than me, of course. He is, he is 66 now and I'm 54. When we met, I was in my thirties and Mike was in his forties. And we, he worked at University Penn. He's been working there since he was 19 years old. So like 47 years he's been there at University Penn. And, um, and he's still working there. And so I worked for a subcontract company that does the house cleaning for ah. University, University of Penn. So my office was in Drexel. So they, they wanted to close that office there, but moved me to University uh, Penn, at University of Penn. They wanted to put me in office in there. So I was working for them. And Mike, I never noticed Mike. He worked in the same um, building in the same floor that I worked in. So he worked in the office down the hall. And um, he had mentioned to someone that I worked with that he was interested in me. And I never noticed who he was. So they had to point him out. I'm like, oh, okay, he's kind of cute, you know? He had hair then. <laughs> He had hair then. <laughs> He's cute even now. <laughs> yeah. And well, that's what my first thought was when I first saw him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, no, I know. So, so he um, left me a nice, lovely card on my desk. Oh, wow. Asking, asking me out. He says, I don't know if you have a man. I don't know if you're dating someone or anything, but I would like to take you out for lunch. And um, 
So I um, went to his office. I said, sure, we could go to lunch. And ever since then, we've never been apart. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And it's now 21 years now. We're together. That's, that's, that's incredible. And you're a beautiful couple. Oh, thank um, you. So Ellie, when did you learn that you had MS? What was that experience it was, like? It was officially diagnosed 2002. So a year oh, later wow. after I met Mike, and that's why I knew he was the one because after I got diagnosed, he was by my side. He did not leave me. He did not, he, he told me he was going to be there for me. And that's why, you know, we are together now because he took care of, he takes care, he takes care wow. of me. Um, when, what I found out was, see, I was having symptoms way before, which I couldn't understand what was going on with my body, which I should have listened and went to the doctors. I thought it was my back. I had a, like, I think I was in a car accident. I thought it was my back hurting because I was getting a lot of back pain. And um, even when I was doing house cleaning and it was like, I would turn one second and I get locked. Like I couldn't move. It was like an electric shot down my spine. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's how painful it was. So finally I went to the hospital. No, what happened was my right leg, like say a Thursday, it started becoming numb. Like, I don't, what was going on with my leg? It was starting to feel numb. Then by Friday, it started, like started dragging my, like I couldn't pick up my feet, you know? And then by, by Monday, I'm sorry, by Sunday, my leg was totally paralyzed. Oh my gosh. Oh, I that's not, terrible. Yeah, I couldn't pick it up. So Monday, I was going to go to doctors, but it was Martha Luther King holiday. So mm -hmm. it, it was closed. So I went Tuesday. I drove myself with my left foot because I couldn't use my right foot. And that was hard. Drive myself to the doctor, my family doctor. And the doctor told me it could be either one or the other, a mild stroke or MS. I'm so God, I hope it's none of them, but I never heard of MS. I don't even know what that was. This, so he calls the ambulance right uh, from his office. They came and picked me up the ambulance because he didn't want to risk it if I had a, my, a heart attack. Wow. So they took me straight to the hospital, emergency hospital. I was there for a whole week. They did a whole bunch of tests and they finally came and told me I had multiple sclerosis. That's how I found out. Wow. And what kind of an impact, you know, did that have upon you? In other words, how did you feel when you got I, that diagnosis? I mean, it, it, when I first got it, I, it didn't impact me as hard because I didn't know what it was, but, and then as time, like a few months go, go went on and I was feeling like my body was feeling weird and I was getting numb and I was getting these tingling feeling. I just, after I got diagnosed, maybe two, three months later, I just fell to the floor and started crying. It, it finally hit me that I had this illness. My mom, she, when she first found out, she cried and she mm. felt so guilty. She thought it was her fault. I said, mom, it's oh. not your fault. She was crying. I'm like, mom, it's not your fault. It's it's You didn't do anything wrong. And she, she felt so guilty thinking that she gave me this, you know, 
illness. Oh, wow. Yeah, I say, mom, no, it's not, it's not, it doesn't work like that. So I had to convince her that it's not her fault. And, you know, wow. she made me cry. We were both crying. I said, mom, it's not your fault, you know? Oh. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, over the years, you know, um, I've taken different kind of medication for my MS because it will work for a little bit. What I mean work was I wouldn't feel the symptom as heavy you know, and mm-hmm. sometimes sometime it didn't last. Sometimes it just didn't, I didn't feel any better. So I was switching medication. Finally, I'm on this new medication, the brand new one, which you, because I used to inject myself every day, every oh, day wow. medication. And then, it, then it, the next medication I changed to every 28 days. Then I'm like, I mean, then this new medication came out. It's called Ocuvis. It's, uh, it's a new medication, which you only take it twice a year. Thank God. <laughs> Two times a year, every six months. And I'm on that now. And I love it because I only had to do it every two, every, every six months. So how, and they give how, it to, they give it to me infusion. I don't get need. I get it through. Oh, okay. I, had to get, I had to get a port in because my veins, um, uh, collapse. I couldn't get the veins to to for for them to uh, inject my medication. So I had to get a, a port, and it's in my arm. You see, people get it in their chest. I said, no, I don't want it in my chest. I don't want the things to get in my chest. Okay, so right. I, I got it in my arm, and the one doctor I went to, he was trying to convince me to put it on my chest because he it was it was a more uh, more. Um, uh, detailed surgery, you know what I mean? Like the chest yes. is easier to connect. I see. Yes. The, the arm was harder. And so that got doctor said, no, I'd rather you have it. I said, no way. So I went to university of Penn and they, they went, okay, no problem. So they put it on my arm. Oh my gosh. Good for you, Ellie. Yeah. I wasn't going to have it. <laughs> so how does it impact you today? How do you feel today? How are you? I, you know, I feel so much better than when I was taking the every 28 days or the one every day injection. I feel better, but I still get pain 24-7. A lot of people look at me, you don't look like you're in pain, but I am. Wow. <laughs> and when I say pain, I want to say pain is like electricity going through my body, you know, and then, yes. and then I... I feel sometimes I feel my hand gets numbs, my leg. One time I had both of my feet um, felt like they were in these, you know, how you buy shoes. And if you buy the shoe size too small, well, yes. my, my feet felt like they were like three times small. Oh my gosh. I couldn't even bend my feet. Like I, it was hurting so bad. I couldn't even bend my feet. Like, you know, I had to walk. It was, it was painful and it was, it was one of the symptoms that I had. And then I had a symptom, it's called a hug, bear hug, which takes your whole torso and it feels like somebody's pressing your whole torso. Like you're, you know, somebody's stepping on your, it's just, you can't breathe, you know? I had oh that. my gosh. Yeah, I had that crazy symptoms. Yeah. And one time I woke up twice blind. I couldn't see twice. Um, I couldn't well, walk. So you woke up two times and you were blind. You couldn't yeah, see. I couldn't see. Nope. Couldn't see nothing. Wow. 
my I could see not only it's it couldn't I couldn't see nothing. It was like black. I couldn't see nothing. Oh, that's nothing. so scary. It is. And thank God it didn't last long. It might, by the end of the day, it came back. Some mm. people are not fortunate. They stay blind for a few months, a year. You know, it, it depends on the MS. Right. Yeah. And a couple of times I couldn't walk. You know what I mean? I had to use my yeah. wheelchair. You know, I can't walk for a long period of time. I can't stand for a long period of time. Then, you know, it, it, it affects me. So how, because I've seen you, you are a great dancer. You're I a do. very I love joyful it. person. <laughs> you sew, you are an artist. You do. How are you able to do that? I, you know, I worked on my life and I stopped working. <clears throat> I stopped because my job, University of Penn bought my the company I worked for. So I was working for University of Penn. Then um, after I got diagnosed, five years later is when I stopped working. It's because I couldn't take it no more. The, I used to get so bad fatigue. I was so fatigued. I would go in the bathroom, lay on the floor in a fetal position. That's how mm. tired I was. A lot of times Mike had to take me home because I the pain, I couldn't do it. That's what made me stop working. I can't work no more because of this, you know, stress. Yes. It affects, stress affects everybody. But we people with MS affects the whole body. You know what I mean? Like everything, yes. you know? How do you find the strength to keep pushing? Well, you know, I, I one day I said to myself, Hmm, should I let MS dictate my life or should I let me dictate my life? And I took me. I want to, you know, believe me, there's a lot of days that I do nothing at all because uh, fatigue kicks in and I can't, I just can't, I don't can't do it, you know? And a lot of times I feel lazy and it's not that I'm lazy. I get mad because I can't do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. And, uh, and the day goes by so fast. So I get mad because I didn't accomplish anything. So I I picked up hobbies. I, I I knit, I crochet, I sew, I paint, I sketch, you know. So yeah. I I try to keep myself busy. But even with all those hobbies, there's a lot of times I can't even do those because yeah. what I what I'm feeling, you know. And I find myself plant in front of the TV because that's all I could do. You know? Yes. And I know I, it kind of it kind of bothers Mike a little bit, but what what did you do today? I said, leave me alone. You know what I mean? Right. Like, leave me alone. Right. You have no idea. You know what I mean? And yes. all these years, I don't think he has a clue what I feel inside. You know what I mean? Right. So, so sure. I, I know he understands, but he doesn't right. have a clue, you know. Right. It's one of those things that you almost have to like live it. Yes. Um what but you inspires know what, you? I also what? ride a motorcycle. I have my own motorcycle. That's my, amazing. Mike has a motorcycle and I got a motorcycle. What happened was on his 50th birthday, I surprised him with a motorcycle. He don't know how to drive one. I didn't know how to drive one. So I surprised him with a motorcycle and he was going to go take classes. I said, wait a minute, I want to take classes. And then I bought myself a motorcycle. So we've been riding for 16 years now. That is so incredible. <laughs> yeah. That is so incredible. So what, what do you do when you're not motivated or 
how do you, where do you go for inspiration? What inspires you or motivates you? Well, when I have those days, I go to bed, I'm like, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do this and this. Like I have my whole day planned. I'm going to do this and this and this, or I'm going to paint today. or I'm going to do this and crochet. That's how I lay down. And that's what I put in my mind that I want to do the next day. But now when I wake up, it's a whole different story. As soon as I hit my feet on the floor, like, uh-uh, you ain't doing nothing today. My, my MS is like, nope, nope. Nope. You know yeah. What I mean? Like I have to, I have to catch those moments when I, it's not hitting me. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I, I do to, know what you mean. You know what I mean? Like I have to catch those moments. Like, um, I mean, I have so many ideas that I want to paint and, and I go to bed thinking this is what I want to paint, you know, but mm-hmm. nope, doesn't do it. <laughs> no, you have to wait till, yeah. So Ellie, what people in your life, or even they could be famous, they could be people, you know, like, who do you admire? Well, actually, I do admire uh, a celebrity, but I also admire this woman that I know. She has MS and she's in a wheelchair. She hasn't walked in years. And I don't think she ever walked. It's her MS got her. I admire her because she pushes you know, wow. she, she goes to therapy. She tries to get her legs moving and she does it all the time. But I, I don't think she's going to ever walk. You know what I mean? Because yes. the, the MS took that from her. Wow. But the celebrity is, um, there's so many celebrities that have it. But the one I, I admire now because she is, she made, um, uh, she came out and talked about it was uh, Selma Blair. Blair's oh right right Selma Blair yeah her I looked at video of her and I'm like oh my god she's 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 pushing herself and you know she's not letting she says she's not letting this disease define her and I always felt that way I'm not gonna let this disease define me you know what I mean for you yeah so I think there's even there might be either she wrote a book or there's a documentary on her I think yeah the documentary yeah, yeah it's all I'll that. have to watch mm-hmm. that yeah so I always start just asking just some random questions Ellie. <laughs> so I'm going to ask okay. you what trait do you hate in others what is a trait that you don't like in other people I don't like when people are bullies you know mm-hmm. like I watch many of videos of people go to a store and pick on employees and start screaming at them. I, I, I hate it. I don't like it. And if, if I ever come across that, believe you me, that I will stick up for the, whoever they bully. And that's who yeah. I am. Mike, yeah. <laughs> Mike is more reserved, not me. I, I will talk to anybody. Like I'll come up and talk to people and Mike's not, he's like in the background. Like yeah, I, I can talk to strangers, you know? So yep. if I ever see someone getting abused, of course, I'm going to stand up for the person that's being abused. You know, that's the, yeah. that's, that's one trait about I hate about the human race, how they can hate on other people. I don't like it. I hate it. Yeah, I hate I hate racism. I hate all that stuff. So what role I know you you identify as an agnostic. What what does yes. that mean to you? It means to me. Like I grew up in religion. I mean, I went to Catholic, I went to Pentecost, I went to summer um, 
camp or whatever, a church. Like a Bible camp. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went through all that. And even at that time, I was like, it didn't make sense to me too much of what they were saying and, and what's going on in the world. It just didn't make sense to me. So right now I'm agnostic because I can't say if there is a God or there isn't a God. So I'm like in right. between. I, I can't, I don't have proof that there is one. And a lot of people say God is, is faith. It's your faith, what you have. Okay, I have faith. I have faith in humanity. That's my faith. I want mm -hmm. to people, to me, heaven and hell is here on earth, here. I don't think it's when you die, you go to heaven or you go to hell. I think when you die, you die. You know what I mean? I mm -hmm. mean, that's where I'm at now. That's where you're um, at now. Yeah. What is a, um, what is one moment that you can kind of think of in your life that was like a defining moment for you? When I had my son, I oh. have to grow up. When I, I have to grow up, I have a human, little human being uh, relying on me. I mean, his father was a deadbeat father. I, only, I was married to him only for five years. After that, I had enough of him because he, you know who he is, Junito. He was, yep. uh, he was a, a liar, patho like, pathological liar. He even lied his last name to me. Oh, <laughs> really? Me, yeah, Mickey told me he's lying. <laughs> <laughs> I was dating him. You know, his last name is Rivera. He told me his Riviera. I'm like, okay. And Mickey said, no. just fancying it up. <laughs> but I noticed that he wants to live more than what he is. You know, yeah. one of those people living in Fantasy Island or something. I just right. can't deal with that no more. I just, look, I'm not going nowhere with you. So you're, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And I think at one time I even suspect that he was cheating on me a little bit you know yeah. so yeah so I just had enough for him I told him you know I can't do it no more and, and he's the only man that hit me Junito Ugh. yeah he hit me yeah. he hit me one time when we were living with Mickey and then another time we were already separated and he came to supposedly pick up my son but he he beat me in front of Miko I mean Andrew. Oh my God. Did I say Miko? Andrew. You did. And Miko, it's just, we can share that that's your dog. <laughs> and you know, it's funny. Yeah. I some talk, I some talk, sometimes calls Miko, Andrew, my son. <laughs> oh, I get that. I totally get that. He is your yeah. little power. He is your little yeah. furry ball. Yeah. That, that's, that's tough. I can, yeah. I can see why so, you didn't last for sure. Yeah, and that was great right. that you didn't, that you got Andrew out of that situation yeah. as well. So, you know, he was my that was my uh, moment to think, okay, when I had him and when I realized the marriage with his father was no good, it was not healthy. That was the moment I was like, uh-uh, I got to do better, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was weird yep. because before I had my son, before I even met Junito, I was thinking about joining the Navy because I had an uncle that was in there for 30 years and he talked how wonderful it is you could travel so that's what what my goal was to join the service you know what i mean so it didn't happen of course <laughs> i had to go yeah. up real fast you know right so, you know yep. 
I even thought about being a firefighter. I even took the exam and this is oh, before, wow. yeah, this is before I had, knew I had MS and I had, what happened, I was supposed to take the physical exam, but I injured my ankle and I couldn't do it. So that was done. I couldn't do it, yeah. <laughs> you know? So what about now? What are your hopes? What are your hopes for yourself? Well, they said that people at MS have 10 years less to live than people that do have, that don't have MS. So my hope is to live as much years that comes to me, you know, like I, my goal is to live to 80 or 90, you know, but who knows? Mm -hmm. That's one yeah. of my goals To That's be a great happy. goal. Yeah. To, I think everybody has that goal, you know? But well, my, goal, my goal is to um, um, to keep going and don't let this MS um, depress me. You know what I mean? Yes. And it's a goal every day that I fight because it's a fighting thing. Every The moment that I wake up and the moment I go to bed, because every time I go to bed, I think, oh my God, I hope I wake up that I could see. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do know what you mean. I always think about that. Like, I hope I could see when I wake up, you know, and then oh when my I go gosh. To, and then when I wake you know, up. It puts a lot of regular problems into perspective. That's for sure, Ellie. Yeah. Now, my last question, if you were given a magic wand and you could just change the world in one way, what would that be? Well, I want, of course, I want, all the children to be safe and from being abused and raped and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I have several that and, and people and poor people that are poor, not be poor anymore. Poverty. You know, yeah. I want, I want that to be gone. You know, uh, I want people to love each other. I want people to respect each other. That's all you, you, I give yeah. you respect. You mean respect back, you know, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Well, Ellie, you are really an amazing person. I'm so happy that I know you, that you're in my life. And I'm happy think... that Victor brought you around. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I've been in the family since 1985. So you mm -hmm. met when? When did you meet Victor? I met Victor in 1987. <laughs> when yeah, we were, um, we were, we were six years old, Ellie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was two. So, yeah, that's right. That's right. So thank no. you so much. I no, really thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You inspire me. You really do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Love you mucho. Love you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Giant thank you goes out to show advisor Roseanne Griffiths, the talented musician Bill Aronson who wrote, produced, performed the Soulful Connections theme song. And a thank you goes out to Brad Sanders for creating the Soulful Connections logo. Love it. That's new this year. So much gratitude to these guys and to my friends and family who continue to listen and guide me. And once again, to you for listening. I would love to hear from you. Please shoot me an email at soulfullife at gmail.com. That's S-O-L-F-U-L 
L-I-F-E at gmail.com.